Well, nothing lasts forever. Got to talk about big game on this edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. That is what we are indeed here for. Thank you so much for joining us here. Sunday, November 24th, 2019. Not quite as happy as it's been after big games, certainly on the Stanford side, for the last nine years. The streak ends at nine, and the axe belongs to Cal for the first time since 2009. Thanks for joining us. I'm a Detroit Clarity. Happy to be with you. Despite what we're going to be spending the next few minutes discussing, we will be breaking down Cal's 24-20 win over Stanford with help from David Shaw, from Stanford tight end Colby Parkinson, from quarterback Davis Mills, and from linebacker Curtis Robinson. So you're going to be hearing a lot of different voices on this episode of the TreeCast. A couple of quick reminders. Number one, you can follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity. Last name spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. Don't forget to subscribe to the TreeCast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. And do it now because time's running out. <laughs> now that Stanford's no longer bowl eligible and uh, will not finish with a, a bowl eligible record, uh, we've only got a couple more of these tree casts to go. Well, I was asked after the game whether I expected that result with Cal coming back. Stanford kicking a go ahead field goal to take a 20 to 17 lead with 2.23 to go. But then Cal driving right back down, gutty performance by their quarterback. More on that in a bit. But uh, Cal taking a 24-20 lead with 119 left in the game, and that lead held up the rest of the way. And I was asked if I was expected, uh, if I was expecting that result. And I said, well, you know what? I don't know if I was expecting it, but you certainly can't be surprised by it. Not from the Stanford standpoint, right? You can't be shocked by it. if you've watched Stanford football for any length of time this season you could not have been shocked by how that game went from the Cardinals perspective Stanford still with the troubling trends of of melting down in plus territory and not being able to get off the field on third down defensively that's a bad combination to have man that's a terrible combination if you want to try to win football games so no, I certainly wasn't, wasn't surprised or shocked by how things went. Still doesn't make it any easier to swallow, but still, you know, I, I wish I could, you know, I wish there were some grand generalizations of, of, of this game, some great things I came away with, but no, it's the exact same thing we've seen from Stanford for much of the year. We'll dive into that deeper and deeper as we go along. But first, as you know, we normally begin every show by giving you three things you need to know about Stanford football. Today's TreeCast will be no different. Three things on the table, and let's start with number And it basically came down to this for Stanford. They could not stop Cal quarterback Chase Garbers. His injury status in question as he left the game last week early at USC uh, was in some question all throughout the week. It came out uh, during my pregame show on KMBR. That was fun, by the way. I really enjoyed Tyrone Willingham, especially dropping by uh, our tent and spending some time with him and talking about what it's not like, what it's like to, to never lose a big game as a head coach. Unfortunately, David Shaw fell out of that uh, that club uh, on Saturday. But still, you know, we got the word that Chase Garbers about an hour and a half before kick was indeed going to start 
for the Bears. And, 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 when he was, and when he needed to be most, he was magnificent. 20-30, 285 yards, but most importantly, scrambled eight times and gained 89 yards and the game-winning 16-yard touchdown run with a minute 19 to go. It was a Chase Garber show, and uh, David Shaw was certainly uh, had a lot of praise for that young man. Once I heard the other day that he was able to get back into practice, they hadn't cleared him yet, I figured he was going to play. Um, that's one of the things we talked about. Was he makes a difference in, in games he plays in with his legs. The reason why I think they've only, they've only lost one game when he plays. Um, when everybody's covered, we had some great coverage downs, and he took off and ran and made us, made us hurt. Um, we had him, like I said, we had him dead to rights three times. We got him down once. Uh, maybe twice, um, but those three times that he got out, got a hand on him, we got him in a grasp, we are right next to him, and uh, he made us miss and got away. So um, we anticipated once he was practicing that he was going to play and that his legs were going to be a major factor, and they were. Yeah, and, and there's no doubt. Chase got a lot of help along the way. Uh, a career day from Cal wide receiver Nico Remigio. Uh, Trevor Clark, Trevon Clark had a heck of a catch on the final drive. Uh, but really, Chase Garbers uh, taking, taking top billing, and rightfully so after that result, and uh, etching his name in uh, Cal big game-winning quarterbacks along with Jay Torchio and, and Steve Levy. The Steve Levy one still really irritates me. Uh, let's get to thing number And I was really looking forward to watching the Stanford wide receivers to see what they could do against a Cal secondary that, that had trouble coming down uh, with big plays against USC. Granted, USC's receivers are almost otherworldly. That's that's one of the best receiving cores I've seen in the Pac-12, uh, certainly over the last decade, maybe even longer than that. And given how Stanford's receivers were able to make a bunch of big plays and contested catches against the Cougars the week before, I was excited to see what, Cal, what Stanford was going to be able to do against Cal's secondary. Well, unfortunately, I only saw Connor Weddington once. And that was on the opening kickoff, which was which was good for which was a good one, a 37-yarder. But he came up holding his shoulder and was later seen in the game with the sling on his left arm. So losing Connor Weddington was a major major factor for Stanford on the opening kick. How big of a factor was it? That's what I asked David Shaw after the game. It changed a lot. Um, Connor's been playing probably about 80% of the snaps for us, 75 to 80% snaps, and really playing well. Um, I think he was leading the conference in all-purpose yards, leading the conference at kickoff return at some point, back and forth with a couple other guys. Um, saw last week he's such a big play guy, as well as being a good screen, screen receiver, as well as being a good return man. Um, so, as I said, uh, Osiris St. Brown had to step up, came in, made some nice catches. Had a chance to get a first down there at the end and went backwards instead of going forwards, which he'll learn from. Um, Elijah Higgins came in, had to play a lot more snaps also, and he came in and did a good job. So, guy gets hurt, our guys go back in there and go play. Yeah, other guys did step up. Donald Stewart with the, uh, the touchdown catch on the opening drive of the game. A nice moment for him, his first catch of the year. Uh, but, but, but you lose Connor Weddington, you lose so much fantastic big plays that he was able to make against Washington State. That went out the window and big returns. Uh, that, that went out the window as well. So losing Connor Weddington, certainly a big time factor against the Bears on Saturday. Let's finish it up with thing number three. And I don't think anybody wearing red or supporting Stanford yesterday was, was feeling particularly thrilled 
with uh, how things went after the game. And David Shaw was, was asked what his message to the team was afterward. That I'm hurting. I'm hurting for our seniors. Um, feel bad for our seniors. I feel like the rest of us let our seniors down. Didn't allow them to finish their careers here with, with the X. Um, told them that, you know, there, there should be some pain involved. You know, if you care, you hurt. You know, all that you put into it to try to find a way to come out on top on Saturday. Um, you don't, it doesn't happen. It's got to be painful to you, in particular against your, your rival, your crosstown rival. And that's something we're going to have to live, for, live with for 364 days. Yep. Yep, and even you know, even though I mentioned right at the start of the show that nothing lasts forever, the streak did have to end sometime. That doesn't mean that it, it it can't be painful and can't hurt when it actually does. Tough day, tough day. Those are three things. And the game started off pretty well for Stanford. Certainly, the opening drive where the Cardinal just pretty much made quick work of the Cal defense. The 40-yard touchdown grab by Donald Stewart. Stanford's up 7-0. You start going, okay, all right, this is, this is a good start. And the game started off, especially most of the first half, it went pretty much how I thought Stanford would need to win the game. Everyone, or at least a lot of people, I should say, were talking about Stanford needing to establish the run game against a, a tough and grizzled front seven. And I was like, no, not necessarily. I didn't think that was necessarily the case. Why bonk your head against the wall repeatedly and let Evan Weaver rack up tackles? He still had 13 of them. Why, why do that when you saw a Cal secondary, as we just discussed a couple minutes ago, struggle mightily against USC's receivers? Why You got the playmakers. Wilson, you had Weddington until the opening kickoff was over. Simi Fajoko, you know, let those dudes make plays. That's why I thought Stanford was going to need to win this game through the air. And that trend established itself pretty quickly. First 17 plays Stanford ran, 15 of them were passes. Only two rushing plays, and one of those was a reverse. So just only one straight handoff to a running back in the first 17 plays of the game for Stanford. But the second drive of the game is where Stanford started to do offensively, unfortunately, what it's done best and most consistently this year. Short circuit and plus territory. Stanford committed just three penalties in the first half. They're all five yarders, but they were all in Cal territory. And they were all at points where Stanford had momentum within that drive. They were all drive stallers and prevented Stanford from getting six points. And in some cases, three points. Stanford's second drive of the game, everything cool. Then they, got, then they got to delay a game penalty once they got to the Bears' 40-yard line. That later led to a punt. Another set of penalties for Stanford later on in the first half with the ball in Cal territory inside the 30-yard line led to a field goal. Four of Stanford's five first-half drives ended in Cal territory. Stanford had only 10 points to show for it. That's been the theme for Stanford this year. Struggling mightily to complete drives and really bogging down and finding themselves, finding ways to make it difficult for themselves when they get into the opponent's territory. A continuation of things that we've seen throughout much of the year. 
And going to the final drive, you know, uh, after Cal took the lead with 119 to go and Stanford was trying to trying to drive back, needed a touchdown, needed to get six. There was no no margin for error there, but Stanford found that margin. Quick pass complete to Cameron Scarlett for six yards after Stanford started off the drive at their own 25-yard line. Scarlett scampers out of bounds, stops the clock. Okay, cool. Second and four. Mills finds Osiris St. Brown over the middle. He has the first down, or is at least very close to it, but he gives up ground. Gives up ground and is tackled shy of the marker. Well in bounds. Oh, Stanford only doesn't have uh, Stanford only doesn't have any timeouts, by the way, by this point. So they can't stop the clock. Makes it third and one. Mills has to fire it to the sideline. And then on fourth and one, Cameron Scarlett sent into the line. He stopped for no game. Game over. Game over. But that little itty-bitty mistake by Osiris St. Brown was a tremendous one at the very end of it all. You, you knew it. You knew what was going to happen. As soon as he gave ground and got tackled before the marker, you knew how that sequence was going to end. So Stanford finding ways to not make plays that they need to with the game on the line. A continuation of a trend that we've seen for much of the year. As you would imagine, Stanford players were bummed out afterwards. Yet a few of them still made themselves available to the media after the game. The first one you're going to hear from is Colby Parkinson. Parkinson, a pretty good day. And, and really, you know, he's such a matchup problem. And as good as Cal's defense is, Colby still made some fantastic catches, four of them for 60 yards, as a matter of fact, and many of them drive extenders. But still, not enough. Colby Parkinson realizes it, and he discussed that with us when he met with the media after big game. After nine years to lose the ax, it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, definitely going to let this one hurt for a while and kind of fuel us going into next week. Stanford hasn't had these kind of seasons in more than a decade. Right. You know, you know the whole streak, you know, the, right. all of it, the Cal streak. How do you guys deal with it and come back and play a game next week that a lot of people would say you don't have any reason to play for? Right. I mean, I mean, it's a, a testament to our character. Coach Shaw, after the game, uh, said that this next week is all going to be about how strong our character is. Um, if we um, just want to tap out and get ready to the offseason, try to come back next year strong, then it's going to show poor character, but that's not what we have here. I mean, we have a group of guys that um, all are, are strong and, and willing to, to fight, and that's what we're going to do next week. Well, you didn't play directly against him, but what would you say about uh, Chase Barber's play today? I mean, yeah, he played great. And I think we were, we were right there a lot of times, and uh, he was able to escape out. I mean, he's a good player, and, and uh, he helped them out for sure. Offensively, overall, what went right? What could have gone better? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the, uh, the tail of the tape this season has been opportunities, opportunities missed, opportunities made, and I think we had a lot of chances to this game that uh, we didn't take advantage of. Um, I mean, obviously we're going to pass the ball well, uh, we're going to get some stuff going, but I think overall we just missed a couple opportunities that really would have changed the game. Can you take us a bit second down play for the, the, the go-ahead field goal, the, the, the one to, to you in the end zone? Right, yeah, it was, uh, it was close, man. I think I wish I would have been able to, to get up a little bit. It was just a little awkward angle for me to, to turn around and, and get up and get two hands on it. Um, but if I could take it back, I would, I would try my best to try to, try to open up a little bit more. Just a, well, a tough one. Well, he put his hands up 
with his back to the ball. Is that pass interference? I mean, it was similar to what 17 got called for. Uh, they would never, they, I mean, they're not going to call it on me. They'll call it on a um, No, I mean, on them. I thought that they... Yeah, I know I'm saying, but as a big tight end, they don't call pass interference oh, against me. the other defender? Yeah, they, oh. they'll, they'll rarely uh, give okay. me a call, mainly because okay. they're, I don't know. Oh, really? they, yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Thanks. Yeah. Been um, you know, two games where the run game has struggled a little bit. Have you been seeing from your position you know, as a tight end what's kind of keeping the run game from getting on track like it was early in the season? Yeah, I think we've just uh, kind of found our rhythm in the pass game and going with what's working. I think that's a, a good testament to our coaching staff and our receivers uh, going with whatever's uh, working for that game, not trying to be too honed in on trying to make the run game work if it's not working. And um, that definitely wasn't the reason why we lost today. It wasn't the fact that we didn't run the ball enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the pass game was just working so well that we weren't too worried about um, trying to get the, the ball on the ground that much. And can you just talk about you know, some of the guys you had to step up and how the pass game changed a little bit with Connor going out in the opening kickoff? Right. I mean, Elijah uh, had to step up. You saw Dallin Stewart step up in the first play or first touchdown, which is pretty awesome to see him get that. And, I mean, our receiving, receiving court is really strong. I think Coach Kennedy has done a great job uh, bringing them together, making sure they're all ready uh, to play, and they did a good job stepping up to Yeah, there were certainly some facets of the passing game that did well and some concepts that I, that I liked that, that we saw from Stanford throughout the course of the game. We saw slants. We saw deep ends. We saw – we didn't see the screen game. Cal really had a lot of answers for that. I mean, normally Stanford's screen game uh, with Davis Mills is – is, is, is quite effective. That wasn't so much the case against the Bears on Saturday, but still overall the passing game did some things well, but not enough. Not enough. Same can be said about the defense. Great individual plays, but like the offense, their usual trends continued as well. Stanford up 7-0 in the first quarter. They punt the ball after getting into, into Cal territory. David Shaw playing the field position game. Cal has to start with the ball at their own 10-yard line. They drive 90 yards to tie the game. Then an 84-yard drive for Cal to tie the game again with 7.44 left. And then Stanford takes the lead with 2.23 to go, and then Garbers plays his way into big game lore. Stanford defensively could not get off the field early. They did better during the middle of the game. And they certainly couldn't get off the field late. We've seen that movie before, time and time again, throughout the course of the season. Curtis Robinson met with the media after a frustrating afternoon. And I started off his availability with the media. Stanford linebacker Curtis Robinson. Obviously not the outcome you wanted overall your thoughts on just how things unfolded and how Cal was able to, 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 to get it done at the end? Um, yeah, we just didn't finish. Didn't do enough in the end of the game to get it done. Um, I felt like we were in a good spot both on offense and defense, and I feel like um, we just, yeah, we just didn't finish. We had them where we wanted them and we didn't finish. How much of that was you guys and how much of that was Chase Garbers? Say it again. How much of that was on you guys and how much of it was because of Chase Garbers? Um... I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's because of our lack of execution. You know, obviously I'm going to have to go watch the film like everybody else. Um, Chase Garbers was making a lot of really good plays, important plays for that team. So hats off to him. But um, I think it comes down to our lack of execution. Two missed sacks for the team. When you had your shot, you took it. What did you see in that play? 
Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of what I was saying there. Got to execute, got to take advantage of the opportunities when you get them. They're usually slim. So in a game like that, I was just thinking, take advantage of the opportunity when I had it. Andrew Pritz with 10 tackles was pretty active all day. How did you up the day for him? It's a great day for him. Um, that's nothing less of what I expect from him, though. You know, he's he's a great player, and I've loved playing next to him all season. And it, it just shows that his preparation, or that is the result of his preparation and his execution. Curtis, can you just talk us through you know, what the feeling is like in that locker room and how okay, the guys are going to rally back to you know, come back and play another game against Notre Dame next week? Um, it's not good. We let down nine senior classes that have won this before, and ten including this one. So. It's definitely not a good feeling. I feel pretty bad about it, to be honest. But, um, you know, I kind of spoke to the team, and I told them we have one we have one week left. We have a big game. This should be our biggest game because it's the game that's next. And um, to me, it's a rivalry game, too. It's a game with a trophy on the line. It's a, it's a way for us to end the season strong going into the offseason. And I think that I, I told the team we need to approach this game like we'd approach any game. Colby mentioned that, and he said that this week, I think Coach Shaw mentioned it, too, that this week will kind of show the character of the team because – on one level, you don't have much for which to play, but Colby said, you know what, you guys will play as hard this week as you would any other week, fair? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's going to be a test of our character. You know, it'd be really easy for anyone off the street to just quit because we don't have a bowl game or we're, you know what I'm saying, we're not having a great season. Any, anybody can do that. So I think that it's going to be a test of our character. If we, if we come out and we show that we prepared like we would any other game with the motivations of any other game, I think that'll be a good sign for the program, and I think that I don't expect anything less from our team. So obviously had a lot of injuries. I mean, you and uh, Connor going out opening kickoff yeah. in that kind of season. But are you, I guess, how surprised are you that this is the year that the goal streak ended and this, the winning streak ended? I mean, I don't want to blame the injuries, you know. Um, you got to – football, it happens, you know. You hope that it doesn't happen in the, the mass amount that we've had. And it's very unfortunate. And I don't want to take away from any of that because I, I wish that – um, all the guys in my class and anyone on the team that was injured, I know how bad they wanted to be out there today. So I don't, I don't wish to undermine that at all. But uh, as the people who are healthy and able to play, you have to not make that excuse. You have to go into every game with the next man up mentality. You have to treat it like you were supposed to be the guy. And so, yes, I don't, I don't wish to undermine the injuries that you mentioned, but we're, we had, have never at, this, at any point in the season made an excuse, and we won't for the rest of the season. Yeah, th there is one game left on the schedule, by the way, against Notre Dame, 1 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. That was announced early on Sunday morning. And it is going to be a character test with, with, you know, no bowl game at stake, per se, no winning record at stake, per se. It's still going to be a test of character uh, for the Cardinal. Now, Andrew Pritz, perhaps maybe the, the man of the match defensively for Stanford, if you want to use a, use a soccer term, he did well. Ten tackles, made some big plays, and was, was, was all over the place, super active. That was nice to see. Thomas Booker uh, made a couple of, of, of critical plays. Jovan Swan, Michael Williams up front helping to get it done as well. Oh, by the way, Jovan Swan, a big-time blocked field goal at the end of the first half to preserve a 10-10 tie. That was nice. Great individual plays, but collectively as a team, when it needed to most, Stanford defensively could not step up. Couldn't do it. Davis Mills, fresh off of a 504-yard passing performance against Washington State, 
had good moments, had some plays he'd love to have back, threw two interceptions in the third quarter. Uh, one down the sidelines, he tried to force it to Kobe Parkinson, and, and the other where he had Michael Wilson open, crossing deep, and that's where I thought the ball was headed when it left his arm. But instead it was going towards Fajoko at the goal line, and the safety, man, tip of the cap to the safety for Cal. He made a heck of an interception, but but wow, had Wilson crossing underneath, and, and that would have been that would have been a touchdown. That would have been six. Good points for Mills. Not so good points for Davis Mills. Mills stepped up to the podium after big game and went through big game as he saw. It's kind of just been the story of the season. We're one or two plays away from getting the win. Um, I got to protect the ball a little better. I still had two turnovers today, and I mean, that'll be, make a big difference. But other than that, I think both teams played a great game, and they just edged us out at the end. What was it like for you? I mean, you didn't even have the ball, and your leading receivers went up. Did that change anything for you? Not too much. We know we have guys who uh, can step up and just uh, come back in. Are you talking about Connor on the first play of the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, guys stepped up. Uh, we had Elijah mixed in there a lot. And, I mean, receivers were making plays all day. My offense line was protecting, and same with the running backs. So I thought we moved the ball down the field well. We just got to finish those drives with touchdowns. David, do you know Chase Garbers? Yes, I do. We actually we roomed together at one of the first, like, Elite 11 things in high school. And, I mean, we've stayed uh, – Said good buddies throughout uh, college, and uh, I mean, I congratulate him after the game on a good win. I don't know how much you've watched him, but was that maybe the best game he's played? I haven't seen too much. We watch a lot of defensive film, not yeah, offense, right. but I mean, he did have a great game. He uh, sealed it at the end with his big time touchdown run. Take us through the touchdown pass on the to, to cap the opening drive of the game. Um, I mean, it's a big play. Connor was down. He normally would have been where Osiris was at on that play, but um, he stepped down. We had Donald come in and make a big play outside. They brought. Yeah, strike pressure where they fired the backer and or two of the backers and the safety was supposed to get over the top and just didn't get all the way over there and it was similar to what happened in that uh, Washington game when I threw the touchdown to Simi. Similar coverage and we just beat him down the field. How hard is this next week going to be? You don't have a bowl game for which to play, but you're mm -hmm. playing a big time team. Oh, I mean, it's going to be similar to this week. It's still uh, we'll take back a trophy after that game. It's still four, four something. It's a big, meaningful game, and it'll try to show us what will kind of our mindset going into the off season if we can finish strong or what we're going to do. Davis, what was your what remember from your two interceptions about having some performance? You have to look back and fully analyze. Um, the first one was working backside. Uh, had a one-on-one -on -one backside. DB had good coverage, and then Glance saw Colby uh, beating him and just missed the throw a little high. The safety was in, in a good position to make the play. And then the second one, uh, similar DB, their uh, deep safety. Uh, I thought he was coming up on the through route and tried to take advantage of uh, him doing that and get it over the top to Simeon. He just made a good play on it. That's Davis Mills, and, and yeah, he, he's right. You know, there is a trophy at stake. It's called the Legends Trophy. Whenever Stanford and Notre Dame square off against each other, obviously it doesn't have the, the notoriety that the Axe does, nor the history that the Axe does. And I'm not even sure that a lot of people are aware that there's a trophy on the line whenever Stanford and Notre Dame meet. I didn't, I didn't realize that you know, for, for years until maybe a few years ago, and I had to be reminded of it when Davis Mills said it. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. There is a trophy that they played for in this series. But he, he's right. There, there is that. There is something real and tangible for Stanford to still play for uh, next week against Notre Dame. You might remember, you loyal listeners to the TreeCast, 
and I'm sure that includes all of you. Two years ago, when Stanford beat Cal 17-14, to hard-fought game, Ben Edwards uh, with a late interception in that game to seal it for Stanford, if my memory serves me correctly, you might remember the, the tree cast after that one. I said, look, I don't know when it's going to come, but I know it's going to happen. Justin Wilcox, the Cal head coach, he's going to win a big game one of these days. One of these days. I was, I was impressed then by, by Wilcox, my first chance to, to see the Bears live and in person two years ago, to see how he had, how he had turned the Bears around in a big-time way. I remember watching their first game when they were at North Carolina. And I was at the gym, I was on the treadmill, and I saw Cal defensive players actually tackling people, something I had not seen the previous, what, five or six years or so? I, I almost fell off the treadmill. To see what he has done since then, I mean, he hasn't, you know, taken Cal to a major bowl yet. They did clinch bowl eligibility with their win, by the way. But still, I, I told you, I told you Justin Wilcox was going to win a big game. And he did. He did. Congre- I, you know, I've got a lot of respect for, for Cal's coaching staff. I've, I've told you this before. Uh, Bo Baldwin, their offensive coordinator. Um, Marcus Tuiasa-Sopo. Yeah, that's, that's, that name still gives me chills. But I had a feeling this was going to happen. Now, I felt better about this year's game coming into it than I did last year. <laughs> I, was, I was really apprehensive about things going, to, going into last year's game. I actually thought Stanford had a better chance to win this year's game, mostly because it was at home. But Stanford could not contain Chase Garbers. They could not contain Nico Remigio. And Stanford could not make the game-breaking plays offensively when they needed to. Put it all together, it's the end of Stanford's nine-game win streak over the Bears. It is the end of Stanford's streak of being of heading to a bowl for, for 10 straight years and having 10 straight non-losing seasons. Now, is it the end of Stanford's great run overall? Uh, I, I've got some initial thoughts, but, but, but quite honestly, I want to let that marinate a little bit and uh, see how things end up against Notre Dame. Uh, and, and I'll share those thoughts with you likely uh, next week uh, after the season is over. So we'll, we'll discuss that in, in, in due time. But as of right now, it's the end of the residency for the Stanford Axe on the Stanford campus. And the Cardinal are going to have to wait one more year to try to get it back. Thanks to our special guests for joining us, Curtis Robinson, Davis Mills, and Colby Parkinson. Of course, you also heard David Shaw splashed in there as well. Next TreeCast will come your way probably Wednesday. You know, it's Thanksgiving. This is going to be kind of a funky week for a lot of people, <laughs> myself included, in a good way. Look, Thanksgiving's my favorite day of the year. It's, it's, it's by far my favorite uh, of the holidays and I'm really looking forward to uh, all the festivities. Uh, but uh, next TreeCast will likely come your way on Wednesday. In the meantime, don't forget, uh, at Troy Clarity on Twitter, you've got thoughts. I also certainly welcome those uh, via Twitter. Uh, give me the hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast, by far the best way to ensure that your thoughts are seen by me. 
and we'll talk to you next time. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Thanks for joining us. This is the TreeCast with Troy Clayton.